is to play for the Reds. Since he went away, keeping out the goals was tough. So tough. David was a goalie in Spain. Fergie came along, said, won't you play for us? He said, you gotta hold on to every shot. You're gonna have to keep out every header and cross You're not me beating from the penalty spot So come on You win us a lot Welcome to the latest United We Stand. I'm Andy Mitten, sat with Steve Armstrong outside Ball train station. It's a beautiful November day. The temperature's about 16 and sunny. It's going to dip and be very cold tonight. But been for a, a walk down to the Rhine River and been walking around Basel, 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 whichever way you want to do, uh, call it. I last came here when United last played here. December 2011 when Basel knocked Manchester United out of the competition and what I remember about that night was Roy Keane being very critical of Sir Alex Ferguson and seeing Ferguson afterwards and one of the journalists saying are you aware what Roy Keane's just said about you and Ferguson just scowling back and saying Roy realised how difficult football management can be and it was a really clever put down because it was true and Sir Alex Ferguson was a far better football manager than Roy Keane uh, uh, ever was. So this podcast is brought to you by Red Army Bet. Go to the website redarmybet.com for the latest odds and offers. There's loads of United specials on there and 50% of the net proceeds, profits go back into um, United fan projects. And with Steve Armstrong, you look at you look like you've had um, a drink, Steve. Yeah, I don't feel very well. What, tell me your trip so far. Um, we um, we left. We flew out of Manchester to Zurich yesterday morning. Um, so we got here about. Uh, we got the train from Zurich into Basel, and then uh, dumped the bags like you do, and then off off out. So uh, it was a, uh, and we we turned it in at half seven this morning. <laughs> What time did you start drinking yesterday? Seven. What time did you finish? Half seven. To 24 hours. 24 and a yeah, half hours? I'm a dick. I'm a dick. How are you feeling? I bet you've been in some fucking art gallery or something, you, haven't you? Um, you've a- you actually touched yeah. on a point there because... Seriously? I don't normally go to art you galleries. Have, you? You've I'm been to a fucking gallery. Right, all right. <laughs> all right. I-, I came out of where I'm staying and there's this thing called the Kunst Museum the and what? I thought, the Kunst Museum... So I thought, I've got to Google this. It can't, it, full of it? it can't be called the Kunst Museum. It said, world-renowned art gallery in Baal. So I went to the door and I said, I'm a journalist, can I come in this art gallery? And she said, yeah, I'll let you in for free. So it should be 25 euros. So I walked in to this world-renowned art museum and I was the only person there, modern art. 
it's one of the shittest things I've done in my life. There's, I, there's I, a pile of bricks on the floor in a room, and that was it. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember when I saw you? I'd been drinking for about two days in Bilbao, and I caught you going into Guggenheim. That was the last time. Seriously, I went in a museum, and that was only because my wife came with me on that trip. The, the, the best thing about Guggenheim was um, the building. No, 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 no. The uh, the dog outside. Yeah, the dog's good, but yeah. inside is like I, I just don't have the intellect to work out why something is. Yeah. But um, anyway, we we got here. We got here obviously yesterday afternoon. We had a late night and. Uh, I'm at that point now today where I'm on about my fifth or sixth drink and none of them have worked yet. So, so it's been a it's been a long a long old day and it's freezing as well. So, but um, uh, it's, it's quite funny actually because a lot a couple of our mates have uh, uh, have gone to Germany because it's cheaper. For a beer, for I a saw beer. people doing yeah. that before. So you can actually walk across the border. The fabled three euro the, beer. The three euro and beer. And how much are these ones here? Um, I we were paying nine pound a pint. Nine pound last night. Yeah. Jeez. It's not the place to do a twenty-four hour session, but we did. It's definitely not. Yeah, it's, it's obscene. I mean, I don't know how they get away with it. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean, it's an utterly pointless country as well. It's, it's a neutral country. We, me, me, and uh, me and my mate Drew here is. Uh, we reckon if the World Cup, if there was a World Cup of pointlessness, Switzerland would play Belgium in the final. Yeah, yeah. Um, what has Switzerland ever done? Um, Toblerones. Yeah. Swiss Army knives. Yeah, but they've not got an army. And watches. Watches. Yeah. Banks, banking system. Um, I'm trying to think. It's, it's got nice. They, right. they, they, they had a good, couple of good skiers in the eighties. Where was Franz Klammer from? He's the only skier He's I knew. Franz Klammer, I think, was Austrian. Herman Zabrigan was Swiss. I remember him. Did he, he used to uh, watch Ski Sunday. I loved Ski Sunday. I did. Conrad yeah. Bartelski. But he, he did come second. Yeah, he, 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 but he didn't know what he was doing. He just he just fell head first down the whole thing and just it, it was he just stood on his feet and got yeah. Uh, I think that was at Val Gardena. I don't know where it was. I'm just sounding like a ski. A I've just been slagging you off for going in a museum, and I'm, I'm starting to sound like a skiing nerd. Can you remember the um, theme tune to Ski Sunday? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was no, I'm not going to say. No, but do you know what? But do you know what though? When you were growing up, you knew that it was like your Sunday dinner, Ski yeah, Sunday, yeah, yeah. then your bath for school the next day. And that was it. Yeah, it was your routine, wasn't it? And so, when Bartelski came second, that was like jumping up off the yeah, sofa yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. No, no one got no near British, it. Yeah. No one got near it. Yeah, he's still. I still think it's the. I think Martin Bell came eighth in one. I remember him as well. Like yeah. oh, you take me back to my childhood. Yeah. And the next skiing I saw was Eddie the Eagle, who came eighty-eight oh, f- in eighty-eight. What a fucking idiot that man! I couldn't be doing with him. Absolute. What did you do if the Eagle walked in? He here just. Now? Um, I'd, uh, I don't know what I'd do. Actually. I'd probably take the piss out of him. Now, now Neil. Custis has gone. Uh, Neil was just having a drink in here. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's had he's had a he's, he's fair game. Fair play. Yeah, he's, right. he's had a lot of chirp. Yeah, he always, um, but he's, right, he's, he is fair game. And, uh, to be fair to Neil, he'll often come and have a drink with fans. He's on been chip. Hey, he's always been good to United. We stand. And he he had a beer with us in uh, in Texas before the game over there. And, uh, what the DIY shop? <laughs> no, no. And he was uh, he was he was always um, good value. How are you feeling about the game tonight? <laughs> It's it's just, it's not a dead rubber, but it's nearly one in it. You know, United needs to just. It'll be one of them where United aren't through yet, but another result somewhere else will will end up probably sending United through. So 
Um, I think it's a good opportunity to maybe give Zlatan a start. Um, maybe another opportunity for Pogba to get a bit of game time under his belt. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I, I just, I mean, I, I spoke to you before the game on Saturday and uh, I thought the buzz around Old Trafford, especially when Zlatan came on, it was amazing. Um, and I just think there's a real good feel factor around the club at the minute and I think it's I think it's good that it's good that you know we've had we've had a few good uh, few couple of good weeks and I think you know United tonight should probably just find it'll be pretty routine I would imagine um, I'm not expecting United to have a tough night tonight um, it's certainly, I, I don't expect it to be like the last time we came here when we got dumped out I know I know it's a mad one that well, it was weird because I, I, I heard you talking about uh, Roy Keane um, last we were in we were staying in the uh, hotel next door to the one that him and all the ITV crew were staying in um, and as you know me, me and he's not my favourite person and he certainly wasn't my favourite player great despite, player Keane. he was a great player and I'm not disputing that but better I, than Robson Keane fuck <laughs> carry on tell us no <laughs> um, he um but he was he, he was being even quite opinionated about United in the pub the night before was it? to us lot you know what I mean and, um, well on that trip um, Andy Cole and Gary Pallister came with United and I think it was like an executive trip and the next morning Cole got a phone call from Roy Keane at like early doors and he'd not spoken to him for a couple of years and Roy was ranting down the phone to him saying why did you Pally go and watch Coldplay last night and not invite me. And Cole's like, what? I'm in Baal. I've never seen Coldplay in my life. I've never, never... What are you on about? You and Pally went to watch Coldplay singing last night. He's an angry man, isn't he? He said, I didn't. And there's a singer from Manchester called Cole Page, who's a United <laughs> fan. Seriously? <laughs> oh, brilliant. Who'd been on the, the trip. And Roy had got yeah. his wires slightly yeah, crossed, yeah. but it's, yeah, slightly like, uh, like four candles sketch in it. Go on, <laughs> no, it's, you know, you, not, you must have seen the I'm two, Ronnie. You never no, seen four seen candles, no, no way. No, I'm not oh, mate, it. you're right. Well, you're going to sound an even bigger knob okay. now to everyone listening to All this. All right, I can say no, that. You, we'll Google it in a minute, I'll show you. You, it's, can't, you can't it, explain but it, it. But it's a classic example of like. Uh, miscommunication and the impact that it can have on but yeah and, um, you know he, he, he was he was having a proper good he was I mean he was fairly fairly open uh, but he was having a good an absolute rant about this that and the other um, that was actually you know sometimes you meet you meet people who um, who you think are, who you, you think are going to be an absolute colossal knob and they end up being alright Adrian Charles that night was in the same pub absolutely great lad you know what I mean really really chatty dead helpful dead friendly and all that kind of stuff he was dead dead good to us all so um, but yeah last time here it wasn't great but I, I think tonight I mean we're just going to through aren't we so um, and, we, and, we, and we work on you know you want your three trips before Christmas and then you, you want at least one more after Christmas and you know we, we're definitely going to get that I think you talk about miscommunication and you've, you've prodded my memory here um, of, of one thing I saw on an away trip in Copenhagen in the treble season when it was raining Bromby. outside Bromby that's right and um, I went in a bar and I saw uh, Tony O'Neill in there Tony's been on his podcast before and the bar started filling up and a few of the lads who were selling t-shirts came in there and they were bemoaning how terrible it was because no one was buying them because it was November in, in Copenhagen and it was raining and separately another lad came in 
and said that he was really struggling because he had no Danish money and he was looking to change some money. So O'Neill said, watch this. <laughs> and it's just magnificent what happened next. He went up to the lad who wanted to change sterling into Danish kroner and went, here mate, he'll sort you out over there. And then he went to the lad selling t-shirt and went, I'm putting a lot of business your way now. The lad who wanted the money walks up and says, 200, 200 quid. So the lad thinks he's about to sell 200 pounds worth of t-shirts. Hands over the 200 pounds, expects like the equivalent in Krona. See you later. And suddenly he's handed like 27 t-shirts, which is just brilliant. (laughs) Just brilliant. With the bar that we're in, um, fully United fans, Jamo, how's your trip been? Yeah, it's been top, mate, Uh, so far. Got here yesterday, haven't really slept since. But Look at me, blame me for it. It is your fault, really, Sam. To be fair, how long have you been awake? Uh, right, I was. I started blinking longer than you normally would blink about seven o'clock this morning, and then eventually gave up the ghost about twelve. And just how much got sleep did you have last night? Right, uh, they were just. It was longer blinks. It wasn't sleep. It was just like bang. It, it, I'm not going to lie, the first beer today in the YMCA we're staying in was a bit... First beer in the YMCA? staying in the YMCA? Yeah, it's good. Uh, what is it? Um, Young man. <laughs> no, it's, it's a, it is actual proper proper rooms in that. And they've set the temperature at 180 degrees in every single one of them, which isn't that helpful. Is it the one by the river? No, it's, it's, it's out the back of that, yeah, yeah. Uh, the train Because station. bars, it's really expensive, isn't it? I, yeah, I had to do yeah, the yeah. same thing because I was looking at hotels and it was off the scale. Yeah, Just, it's, I, I can't remember even what we paid for this because it's so long ago since we booked it. But have, it's you like, met, have you met any fellow young Christians? Fellow young Christians? Ah, oh, mate. Our listen. hotel's actually one letter away from being called the Hotel Appalling. Yeah, it's got Appalling <laughs> in the name. Yeah, yeah. Tr- tr- that hotel has actually got Appalling yeah. in the name. Appalling Living. Yeah, we got a taxi last night, me and Drew, and he says, take us to the hotel appalling. <laughs> and he just wouldn't stop saying it until the, until, until, until the guy gave in and went, get in, you dick. <laughs> Did he take us straight there? Yeah, took us straight there. And I ended up leaving that hotel at, I don't know, half six, got a taxi. I, was, I, I, I hadn't even got my seatbelt on, and the guy went, we're here. I went, right, okay, how much is that? 13 Swiss francs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your next magazine. The, the appalling hotel, yeah, it is. Um, what's Switzerland good for? Uh, it's expensive lager. Is there anything good about Switzerland? Oh, no, the, the, oh, it's, it's a nice place in that, yeah. The people have all been really nice and, and all the rest, and it's, it's easy to get about. Name three famous Swiss people. Stefan Schapuizat. <laughs> he scored for uh, Switzerland in Euro 96. Okay, that's one. <laughs> that's one. Right. <laughs> You've got to name three famous Swiss people. Are there three famous Swiss people, or is this a... Go on. Three famous Swiss people. Heidi. Heidi. Uh, <laughs> Christian Gross. Christian Gross, yeah. Uh, Struggling now. Struggling. There's just, just lots of pauses here now. Toblerone. I'll ask these now. I'm just going to speak to some of the lads. Rick's here who does the um, covers for United We Stand. Rick, name three famous Swiss people. Oh, uh, Seth Blatter, Poirot, and um, uh, Jeff Milker, the inventor of Milker chocolate. Seriously? Yeah. 
Danny, name three famous Swiss people. Swiss Tony. Big, big Dave Swiss. And, oh, Martina Hingis. <laughs> what is, is Switzerland good for anything? Watches. Watches. <laughs> anything else? Two of them and uh, it's very clean. Very, very clean. Dan, name three famous Swiss people. Three famous Swiss people. Uh, Granit Xhaka, um, Shaka Khan. Shaka uh, Khan? Def- definitely Swiss. Definitely Swiss. And uh, Amir Khan. There you go. Um, Rick, you do the covers for United We Stand. Have you got anything planned for the next one? Uh, yeah, very Christmassy feel next time. Uh, got a bit of grief off the last one. You did? Yeah, no, no, but fair enough. I, 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 I take on... I'll take criticism on board, it's fine. Roger Federer, everyone's saying. Nah, no, still Jeff Milker for me. <laughs> He's not seen. Inventor of the Milker bar. Really? Yes, Jeff Milker. And also, Toby Larone. Toby Larone. Toby Larone. Toby Larone. They try to tell me that someone called Toby Larone is from, from Switzerland. Alright, we're going to walk around the, the other corner of the bar and um, it's a couple of United We Stand writers here. And Matt, Tom, um, you're on the United We Stand podcast. Name three famous Swiss people. Sepp Blatter, is he Swiss? Someone said him. I, I, I always thought he was from uh, Sweden, but I might be wrong. He's not from Sweden. Sepp Blatter. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to say. I know, he, I'm I know say he worked here. Um, any more corrupt UEFA functionaries? If the Swiss, then you can. Then you can. You can get him right. Disappointing tally from Matt Ford. Let, one. A, let, on, a, prof, let a professional take over. Go on. Uh, Martina Hingis, obviously. Yeah. Roger Federer, obviously. Oh, yeah. And then the third one, and this is surely the most influential person that's ever been uh, active in Swiss society. That's a gentleman who, to you and me, who've been in Switzerland for more than 24 hours, is simply known as Swiss Jockey. Right. But that's also, he has dual nationality. He's also Scottish and he's also called Brian McClare. That's when he's been eating a bit of milker and it's melted into his beard. Swiss Jockey, surely the most influential Swiss Swiss gentleman ever to tread the boards. My favourite one so far is Heidi. From <laughs> so, looking at, on the bar here, and there's some stickers saying Ralph Milne Ultras. What's the story behind these? Um, you'd have to ask Tom to be perfectly honest. Can someone tell me what the story behind the Ralph Milne Ultras is? Well, we had an article in United We Stand about it, didn't we? The, the um, people who you might know might put these stickers around different places. We, we, we really can't say too much. Okay, so don't. Well, what I'll say is, I went to Watford on Sunday and I saw Man City, something like the Crazy Crew, Ibiza Blues, totally wired stickers. I thought, that's the most cringeworthy sticker I have ever seen. We've already dealt with those, that's been sorted. Oh, you've dealt with them, the, 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 the um, Ibiza Blues. Um, are you feeling about the, the, the game in United this season? Um, I think it's surprising that we're all, we've won four out of four games in the Champions League and we've still not qualified out of this group. Um, I'm not sure if that's happened before or if, if that's got precedent, but it's, uh, yeah, one more point and we're done. So I'm happy with that. Um, that's the way Mourinho approaches these games, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he, he, he's pragmatic. He knows what he wants from the games. A good example of that was in Lisbon, where I thought we probably could have gone for that Benfica side, who I believe aren't even taking the Champions League that seriously. 
but no, we went there, got what we had to do, and we'll do this. We'll do the same tonight. I expect. Um, we've got Danny Eganbottom coming up on the podcast shortly. Um, I met him the other day, and we talked about tactics from United this season. I met him in Brighton actually, and Brighton are United's opponents this season. Tom, tell me five things about Brighton. Absolutely Brighton, magnificent seaside town. Okay, one. I'll, I'll let you have that. Um, Bears a certain reputation, which which okay, which may or, which may or may that. not be correct. However, what I can say is that on the sole occasion that I went out there, I noticed a, a spectacular array of attractive girls. So that's okay. information. The Grand Hotel is a very fine spot for a mate of mine who's uh, made himself a few quid to have his staff Christmas party every year. Right, I'd, rec- I'd recommend it, but you'll need deep pockets to stay there. Number four. That's the one which um, was bombed, wasn't it, at the Tory Party com- conference? That was what, sort of, what sort of friends has Tom got? Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Usually, usually about nine days before the 25th of December. It hasn't been bombed yet in the last four years. I'm hoping that trend continues because well, I'm then, going this year as well. You're doing all right on Brighton, eh? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You're, you're dealing with a local expert. I've spent at least 50 hours there in the last four years. Right. Uh, further, parking charges, diabolical. Absolutely terrible. And furthermore, my good friend who I met today just outside this bar whose name is Basil Brush, uh, <laughs> once went on holiday there on a camping trip. Right, that sound. Cheers, lads. I'm going to carry on through the bar. Um, I'm just going to see who's, who's about. Is Then I'm going to get get into the... Roger Federer the guys. Roger Federer, yeah. Everyone's got the, the Roger Federer. Um, so I'll go, go to the ground and then we'll see where else is... I'm with uh, Danny Higginbottom. Danny's uh, a Manchester lad, grew up as a United fan, started out at Manchester United, had a, a very good career, um, played Premier League football and he's doing well now in the football media. He's very, very strong on tactical analysis. Um, Danny, cheers for speaking to United We Stand. You watch, yeah. you watch Manchester United uh, quite a lot. Yeah. What do you make of the way Mourinho has got his team playing this season I think I think one of the things that, that stands out is that Pogba you know, people talk about the money that was that was paid for him I think he's proven to be a snip now because when he's not in the team you know he proves to be a big miss I think he brings the best out in Lukaku when you've got players like Lukaku Rashford Martial they all want to play on the shoulder of the opposition so therefore the teams are going to drop deep there's no space in behind but what happens then is a, a big gap forms between the midfield and the defence of the opposition and, and that in my opinion is what Pogba brings to Manchester United he's got all the tricks and everything but the way he can carry the ball so quickly you've got Matic I think Matic is a player that when you look at a player the, the difference being a good player and a great player is that they bring the best starting players around him and that's what Matic does um, I think everybody's quick to judge Manchester United everybody's quick to judge Mourinho they can't wait to do it um, regardless of whether I'm a United fan or not I would never buy that I think at times obviously it can be frustrating but they do score goals, they are scoring goals, they've got a fantastic defensive record and Manchester City, unfortunately, you have to say they are probably the best team in Europe at the moment and I think any other season, Manchester United would probably be sitting pretty at the top of the league um, but as in terms of Manchester United, I look at it, it's progression. The team is is constantly getting better all the time. Um, Van Hall, I said at the time, so I'm not speaking out of term, it, was, it wasn't great to watch. It would be 15 passes to get somewhere you could get in three or four Whereas now, it just looks like Manchester United are playing with a sense of freedom um, and able to, able to go out there and, and, and 
really do what they want to do, especially in that attacking third. And the big thing is, there's goals in different areas of the team, and that's something they've not had for a few years. You go back to the great Manchester United team, you'd have midfielders getting 10, 12, 15 goals. That's someone like Pogba, he can do that. And not just be reliant on one player. You know, you've got Lukaku putting the ball into the back of the net, Martial, Rashford, Mata, uh, Pogba as well, we've said. So there's plenty of people who can put the ball into the back of the net. So you always mark a team on progression and Manchester United in my mind are progressing all the time and you know hopefully that will continue You mentioned Martial and Rashford I've just written a piece about them and I've been looking at the statistics and obviously watching them play a lot they've both scored and assisted pretty much the same number and on Saturday against Newcastle Jose Mourinho played them in the same team for the first time I suspect he doesn't fully trust them both to play against the, the biggest teams at the moment but I think it's moving towards that and I think with Henrik Mkhitaryan not playing yeah. well there's probably more opportunities for both of them as Mourinho said they both want to play on the left Yeah. how do you see them um, fitting in and is it a case of as they get a little bit older they become more consistent and more effective yeah, and think, make fewer mistakes yeah I think it's more mature I think the, one of the things that you could say about Mourinho I always believe if you're a team that's going to have high possession which is usually the, the, the bigger and the better team which is Manchester United in most cases you have to have four defensive minded players so with Manchester United they'll have their two central uh, two centre backs they'll have Matic and a full back depending on which which side the ball's going down or if they want to play three at the back they'll have Matic sitting so they always have to have that but in my mind you know people talk about oh well, Rashford's a centre forward or Martial's a centre forward when you play the system that Mourinho plays especially when the, if either of them is playing on the left they naturally go into that right uh, that centre forward position I think the beauty of if one of them is playing on the right is that you're always going to have Valencia going down the outside of you so you don't have to worry about keeping the whip so if if the both of them can play in the team I believe that they can it's all about them like Mourinho will probably be thinking behind them when they lose the ball can they do the defensive side of things now if you play with a three then you have Matic you've got that four there or if you play with a four at the back you can have your two centre backs Matic and then maybe one one more defensive minded fullback out of the two and you've still got that four and because I believe the bigger the team you are the more open you are to the counter attacks you have more possession you push further forward and I think that's something that Mourinho is very aware of Why does he play three sometimes at the back? It's sometimes it might be to, to match up the opposition um, other times it might be because he wants to get an extra man in midfield um, it, it, the important thing is though if you're going to play with three at the back one of your centre-backs has to be able to step out with the ball yeah. I think that's important that is, that's key um, and that's what Manchester United need to be able to do when they're playing with three at the back they've got ready-made when people say you play three at the back wing-backs are full-backs anyway yeah. so that doesn't concern me yeah. because they do the same thing because Valencia anyway. and, and, and Ashley Young has been very been well. brilliant he's been fantastic he has been since the day stepped in at Manchester United whatever position he's been asked to play so that doesn't concern you it's, it's what centre-back's going to step out with the ball and then it enables you to if you wanted to it enables you to play two up front it enables you to have the extra man in the field so People are saying that it, it's it's the way to go now, um, but it's it's different people's different different people's aspects and how they think about it in the game. Obviously, we saw Chelsea; they they were the ones that really got it going. Uh, we've seen Manchester City now doing it on numerous occasions, but I think it's the flexibility to be able to do that. You know, the amount of times I've seen Manchester City in the last year and a half, and I've set them up as a as a four three three, and they've actually been playing three at the back. So you know, it, it can be the element of surprise as well, and seeing how other teams can deal with it. Could you see Ibrahimovic and Lukaku playing up front together in the same team? I think I would love to say yes, but I don't know whether whether I could whether he would say okay well 
Lukaku. Lukaku's not a number 10 and Ibrahimovic isn't a number 10. So the only way they could play is if they were both going to play. As a partnership, I think they'd work fantastically well because we know that Ibrahimovic is very good dropping deep, creating space in behind. But it's the rest of the team then. How does that work around them? Because realistically, Ibrahimovic and Lukaku, they're not defensive-minded centre-forwards that are going to drop in to make a five. So if you're going to do that, then somewhere further behind them, you've got to put an extra defensive player. So it would be a dream to see them. But reality... I'd be very surprised to see Finally, um, I mentioned Rashford and Martial. I've spoken to people who know them, who've played with them. They eventually see both of them being central players. At the moment, it seems they're putting the hard yard in, playing out wide, like Wayne Rooney did uh-huh. for, for a time. And as, as he matured, he, he played in a more central role. They say Ronaldo as well. And Ronaldo. Yeah. He, what happened to him after... Uh... <laughs> don't know, I don't, don't, don't think he went after United, did he? And he's doing all right. Um, could you see that when them lads are 25, 26, playing as a central role, or maybe as a 10, a sort of like Griezmann's done? I think, I, I think it, it all depends because it depends what, if they're still at Manchester United, what manager's in yeah. charge then, you know. Because I've seen four three threes before with, with three centre forwards. Yeah, like, like Barcelona, the way exactly, they say it. Yeah. yeah. So it, it all people people will always go, oh yeah, well he wants to be he wants to be the central striker and yeah. things like that. Often not now. The central striker doesn't play in the centre. Messi will often drop right back. Yeah. He, um, he's taking the old. He'll go right. He'll go left. He's taking the old Xavi role. Within a game, he'll do ten minutes. Yeah. Well, and switch over. That's why everybody talks about the false number nine. Now. Yeah. You yeah. Know, for the false number nine creating space, and you've, you've just spoken about Messi. He now drops into the old Xavi role yeah. on that right hand side, and then there'll be a lot of interchange in, in amongst them. So. I don't see things as when you used to talk four foot to your full backs, your wings, your two centre forwards. I don't see that now. More often than not, it's one centre forward, and there will be other centre forwards on the pitch. But there's only that four-two-three-one or a four-five-one. But within a four-three-three, there's nothing to say that you couldn't have Lukaku, Martial, and Rashford as a front three. Your midfield behind it would have to be defensive-minded, maybe two sitting in one box to box, and a defensive-minded fullback. But whether whether you're actually starting in the middle. It doesn't mean to say you can't end up in the middle. I actually believe that some of the better centre forwards actually play on the left or the right because they're driving into that space. Yeah. Believe me, when I was a fullback, the last thing I wanted was someone yeah. going on the inside of me. Neymar did that brilliantly when yeah. he played, played at the I, I didn't. I didn't like it because they're going onto my weaker mm. foot mm. and they're driving inside. The minute they drive inside, mm. you all of a sudden they're into their stride. Mm. Whereas a centre forward at times you can you can be a little bit you can be a little bit restricted to where you have to go. So I just think it's all about the movement and. People may say, oh yeah, Roma playing with, playing with one forward, but there's actually three forwards on the pitch. So, Martial and, um, and Rashford, they can play anywhere within that system and score goals and actually end up in the centre-forward position. Finally, in Europe this season, do you think Manchester United are good enough to win it, or do you still think that there's some way off? No, it, bizarrely enough, in Europe, I think they've got a better opportunity than, than in, the, um, in the Premier League. Because I would fancy Mourinho against anybody in two legs. We saw his Inter Milan team. What what happened with Barcelona? I was in the stadium that night. Yeah. Oh well, we yeah. saw Porto what yeah. they did what yeah. they did to Manchester United. Yeah. So over two legs, I think Mourinho. Okay, the Europa League isn't as strong, but we saw what he did last season. You know, he, he has got the mentality of okay, we'll go away and we'll get that nil, and then we'll come back and we'll beat them. So as bizarre as it sounds. I would actually put them in a better position to win the Champions League than the Premier League because when it gets to you know the two legs when you go out the group stages, I think that's when Manchester United come to the own. Thanks for your time, Danny. No problem, mate. Sorry. So there's half an hour to kick off. I'm underneath uh, one of the stands at FC Ball Stadium. 
there's a really good atmosphere people are eating and drinking all the restaurants and all the bars are very full and I've just come to speak to a couple of Basel supporters what's your name? Luciano how do you feel about the game against Manchester United? No, I, ho I hope we, we make a good game uh, this night and uh, I hope also that Basel uh, won <laughs> tell people listening to this about Basel the city because people don't know so much about the city of Basel Oh, uh, I think the most important uh, of the Basel city, uh, as a special um, uh, thing, is that, that we are a, a typical chemical uh, uh, city. Yeah. Here is, is the, 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 the headquarter from the biggest and the, and the, the most valuous uh, uh, chemical uh, enterprises. And we have a very, very funny uh, a carnival here. In uh, February we have three days. In uh, February? In February we have here three days. What's it's the temperature like in February? Very, very cold and snowy and uh, rainy. and um, it's, 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 it, it could be that we have also good weather, but uh, normally it's very cold. But all the kids are on the street, all the people on the street. Uh, uh, on, the, on three o'clock in the morning, um, the, the, the same Basel city in, in town, in town uh, all the lights um, go up. Uh, and uh, and um, the people are on the streets, and we have a, a, a big cottage. We walk together, all together. Big, big music. Um, this is one of the most special uh, from Basel. Uh, and also in June we have the, the most important um, uh, art in Basel, art uh, exposition. And this is worldwide because we have here in Basel one and in Miami. Uh, two. Okay. We have Miami Basel uh, Art and Basel Art in, in Basel. Um, can you swim in the river, in the Rhine? Yes, why not? There's no problem. But not in February? <laughs> no, February. <laughs> we have crazy people that make this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. But is it not too strong? I saw today that the water looks very strong, the current. Yes, but we, we know, we know, we see what is the, the, the strong uh, okay. current and we know uh, in, in which in which point we can we can go uh, to, to swim, but not in February. In the, in, in in May, June, July, you see a lot of people that are swimming in the rain. Who are the main rivals for FC Ball? Which is the biggest rivalry? Which of a team? The biggest, sorry, rivalry. The the biggest game for you domestically in the Swiss league. Ah, this is derby with uh, with Zurich. Yeah. You, you say this? Yeah. Yeah. This is a typical derby, Basel Zurich uh, or Basel Grasshopper clubs in Zurich. Every, this is the, 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 the two biggest um, city in Switzerland. It's yeah. German Switzerland. Yeah. Zurich and Basel is, is uh, it's all day a big, big, big um, derby in all other uh, things. Not only football. In the in the language. In in the in the uh, society. This is this is a big derby. And what the people here say about people in in Zurich? What well, describe the rivalry? Because. If I spoke to somebody in Manchester and asked them to describe Liverpool, yeah. they might be quite interested. But I don't know what people say here. We say, Basel say that the Zurich are arrogant. Okay. Arrogant and very snob. Because Zurich is, is, a, is a walled city. And the, the, the Zurich people say to us, we are... Wie sagt man, Farmers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, We are farmers because we are so a, little, a little bit smaller uh, than Zurich. And we are not so so. Um, uh, the fashion is not so our thing here in Basel, but Zurich people are very very fashionable people, and and this is uh, 
the reason of this this war. And what about Geneva, or is the rival more with the German-speaking parts? Geneva's French-speaking, yeah. Yes. And some cities are Italian-speaking. Yes. In, we have we have four languages in Switzerland. We have uh, German is the, is the largest part, French is the second largest part, Italian is the the, the dirty part. It's a small uh, uh, part of um, in the south of Switzerland. And then we have a, a region that is uh, Romanic, it's a special accent with a mix from Italian and, uh, and German, I can say so. Yes, we have three languages. When you go from here, in, in a half hour with the car, you pass the, the, the country, the in, in county, and you, and you pass in the French part, speak part of uh, Switzerland. And this is also a derby, because the French speak people are more Latino, and we are more German or, or North people. So even within this quite small country, there are all these rivalries and, and, and regional uh, uh, differences. Does it get boring winning the league all the time, or are you just thinking this is a golden moment in our history? For Basel? Yeah. No, it's, it's, no, because we have a change in, in this in this season. Yeah. We have a new a new manager, uh, Rafael Wicki, come from the U21 from uh, FC Basel. Um, I think um, we have a little bit of, of no problems, but it's not like the last years that we, we can go to the to the league and we can win the league uh, uh, from the first day to the last day. So I, I was told they've changed the philosophy: more homegrown players, smaller budgets, that's so, that's and and give the club a stronger identity this way. That's the, that's the new concept from the new management. They say we change also the president. Uh, Bernard Häusler was here um, uh, a lot of, of, of years, and now the new president with the new teams with Mark uh, with uh, Marco Strello, is a, a former um, uh, striker from Basel. Uh, and this and this guy say say that the the youth league is important for Basel because we we, we need uh, identification with the region with all Basel and all the people, all the, the, the young kids. Uh, She's a, a, a manager from the from the, from the from the kids, and she from yes from uh, how so much years? You, years? you you're man, you manage the smaller players. You eight. And I know you said you can't speak English, but you, you're a, you you look after. <laughs> just try a little bit of English. You look after the eight-year-old children of Basel. Eight and nine years. And there's some good football players of yes, this age. Very very good players. Yeah. <laughs> And you come to all of the games of, of Basel, you watch the games here? Yes. Yeah? Yes. And who is the most popular player now for FC Basel? Que uh, jogador is más popular? El más popular? Yeah? From FC Basel. All of them? All of them. I think uh, one of the most popular of, of the players are quit now, uh, Matias Delgado. Yes. Uh, quit now in, in uh, August, and now we have a lot of, of good players. Uh, my favorite player is Akanji, yeah. the, the defender. Uh, they play also in the, the Swiss national team. And I, I'm goalkeeper, and Thomas Wachek is a wonderful keeper. Uh, You're a goalkeeper? Yes. Uh, we are both uh, trainers. I'm, okay. I'm, the, I'm the trainer from the, from the female uh, team from FC Basel. Okay, yeah. fantastic. And uh, my favorite is Thomas Wachek. Yeah. And this is the reason because yeah, I, yeah. I'm go I was goalkeeper in my in my past. What do you know about Manchester or the or England or Manchester L United? Listen, I am you a fan. Yeah, you went to Turin. Okay, that's my that's my favorite club, and I love. Why? 
Why? Yeah. Uh, because my, my parents are Italian. Okay. And um, all, my, all my generation are Juventus fans. And I love Sir Alex Ferguson. Because I love schools, I love uh, gigs, I love, I love all the big, big, big players in past from Manchester. Because um, um, they have a, a good relationship with Juventus, with Marcello Lippi, for example. Uh, and Sir Alex Ferguson said one time that um, it's not important that you that you see uh, Juventus at game, not not the the the, 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 façon, um, the art of the game, but the mental mental mentality from Juventus. Uh, and I, I love I love all the Manchester old 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 people. Fantastic team, fantastic society. I, I look what you make. I, I listen what you what you make. And schools uh, for, for me schools and gigs. Wanderers come from Juventus to to, to Manchester. It's a fantastic team. I'm I'm very very enthusiast from uh, Manchester. And Patrice Evra went from Manchester oh, to Juventus. Yeah, I love Patrice. I love. But now it's no good. No, I, they he's have, good. He's fine. Yes, uh, he's okay. And he's made Cantona. He's well. <laughs> they make Cantona. No. Yeah. Well, they're both very popular in in Manchester, yeah, but yeah, maybe yeah. not in Marseille. So no, <laughs> I think no. So I, I I hope that they come back to Juventus. Yeah, but it's a too old. Thirty-six years is a little bit too more. Yeah, maybe, maybe as a coach. Yeah, after after he's been a coach in, uh, in 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 Manchester. And what about England? What about the English people? What do you say here? Because if I ask people in Manchester about Switzerland, they would not so know so much. It would be cliches, chocolate, banking, watches, trains which run on time, mountains, yeah. expensive. You know, I'm just very expensive. Yes, very expensive. What what we think from the English people? Um, Look, here in Basel, I think that the English, that the English uh, culture, is is uh, very very accepted, very accepted because the Basel people have a big identification with English culture. Um, we have not the same clima, clima, but it's more it's, or less the same. More or less yeah, the yeah, same, yeah. yes. Um, and we have here a lot of, of Manchester United fans. That, in Switzerland, yes, yeah. in Switzerland, I I know. Really, really, a lot of people that are Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, uh, uh, maybe no London clubs, not so, but Manchester and Liverpool, this is the, the, the biggest uh, county for the Swiss uh, people. And we think from, from English uh, uh, folks, fish and chips, <laughs> beer, <laughs> bad weather, <laughs> a fantastic city like London. I, I'm uh, I'm not I'm not with it in my life uh, Manchester, but I hope I can do. It's a good next, city. Yeah, I, yeah. I hear only good. Yeah, I it's changed a lot and it's improved yeah. a lot, yes. and uh, yeah. it's wor- it's worth to visit. I hope that uh, that I can come uh, one time when you went to Spain, play uh, uh, again Manchester, and I come. To Manchester. I miss the games between Manchester United and Juventus because between 1996 and 2003 there were I think seven or eight or eight games yeah. some amazing games the best game I have ever seen in my life was Juventus to Manchester United 3 in Delhi Alpi yes I know, and, I know. And, but in the first leg this Juventus team was the best in the world yes. in 1996 uh, when they won uh, the Champions League yeah that was that was so yes and I remember in 96 going to Delhi Alpi when uh, Alan Boxic scored the, the header yeah and I've spoken to some of the Manchester players who you've mentioned yeah. and they said it was the only time they felt they were not capable to compete. Yeah. That it yeah. was boys against men. Yes, yes. They just said it was it, it was impossible. And so I hope I hope for me that I can that I can go, come to Manchester to visit the Old Trafford because it's a, it's, it's a 
is a legend to Old Trafford. And I hope I can I can uh, meet uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. It's a fantastic just, man. Just go around to his house. I That's know. what we do in England. Yeah? Just say I've come from Basel yeah? and uh, yeah. Okay. I Take say. him some water from the Rhine and some chocolate, and everything will be no good. No problem. <laughs> bring one out. A new watch. A new watch. Yeah, he likes watches. <laughs> ah, yeah. Expensive ones. Oh, yes. um, yeah, yeah, okay. Know. Finally, predict the score for tonight. I'm gonna say. 2-1 to Manchester United and I've predicted the last two scores correct on, on this podcast and you as well uh, I, I, I'm very, very, I, I'm not so good to make predictions but I think this night we have a, a surprise and Basel won 1-0 and finally prediction please for Basel 3-2 ok <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your time the game's just finished, disappointing actually, because Manchester United were by far the better team in the first half, had loads of possession, Marouane Fellaini had three headers, and the second half, Bar got stronger, United looked a little bit ragged, and conceded a goal in the 89th minute, looked like Darmian was caught out from where I was, so the 100% record has gone, I think United can still uh, lose and still go through as, as group winners, um, there's a mathematical chance that United can't go through as group winners but it's not a full dead rubber and it is a few days before the, the Manchester derby you need to look at the, the maths of it all I'm stood here shivering outside the, the ground surrounded by uh, Swiss people and Paddy Crowden's just walking up to me now Paddy <laughs> and David May's here as well I'm cold what do you make of that David? Uh, I think I think you just summed up there, mate. Had loads of possession in the first half. Should have scored. Should have took one of our chances. Bukaku had a one-on-one. Fellaini cleared off the line. Um, disappointing second half, as you said there. Matteo um, Damien got caught out a little bit for the for the goal. And uh, you know, they lifted the roof and uh, won, won the game one 0 But disappointing, of course it is, because um, you know we wanted to go as get through this game get a point that we needed to become champions of the, of the league or the table and uh, we have to now fucking get something against CSK so disappointing yeah Rojo did well didn't he come back Rojo was fantastic match. yeah yeah absolutely brilliant because Pogba's been brought in you know brought off after 60 65 minutes yeah. and but he played right through I saw him go and speak to the manager after 79 minutes and he's, he's a decent player isn't he yeah he is I'm going to go and try and speak to him now actually he is he's uh, He's done his chances playing Saturday, absolutely no harm. In fact, he probably deserves to play because uh, he was one of the brightest sparks uh, in what was um, you know, a poor second half for us. There's a couple, Pogba just looks miles better than anyone to me. You know, and I look, I look I at him know. on the pitch, he's just, and I look at Real Madrid and I watch a lot of European football and they've got four or five players like that. Yeah. And United have got a lot of good players, but there aren't the number, you know, Pogba's going to be a great player, isn't he? Uh, well, he's only what, 24, 25, yeah. he's... Uh, He's head and shoulders above everybody on that pitch Isn't tonight. Isn't he? Isn't he? Absolutely head and shoulders. And, and on uh, Saturday as yeah, well. Was. Just ran the show. Right. He ran the show and... Uh, Even when he loses the ball, when he, it that long, he gets yeah. it back. And it? when he came up tonight, we just lost that little bit of uh, momentum and uh, impetus. He's got and, a bit uh, of the magic as well, hasn't he? He goes past people. That goal on Saturday against Newcastle when he crossed it yeah. in. He's a belting player. Top player. Just like yes, to see more, more of his, his standard. Yeah. And I get excited when I see like Martial and, and Rashford as well. I think they'll improve and come yeah. to be Potentially, they've got, got all the potential in the world. But at the moment, Pogba's one who's pulling all the strings and he's the one who makes United tick. 
Brighton next to Old Trafford. Can we run through the entire Brighton squad, please? Number one to twenty-four. I want you to tell me seven different things about them. Uh, no, Buddy Feeney was there. You ever been to Brighton? Yeah, I want a, I want hundred quid. Buddy, this is Mr. Crerrin. Have a safe journey back to Manchester. Just say hello. hello. Just say hello. Hello, how are you all? What do you want to answer back on a podcast when you're driving in the car? <laughs> right, take care, David. Take care, pal. So I'm just walking away from the stadium. The main stand was designed by some of the best, world's best architects. It's very wealthy, this place. You see lots of families. Fucking you see lots shop. of... Fucking pound shop. Fucking pound shop in the precinct. There's not a pound shop in the, in the precinct. He's getting it mixed up oh, with Middleton middle and Arndale. Is there an Arndale in Middleton? Of course there is. There's one in Stratford as well. I believe it's a top place in Arndale. Yeah. And there's a mega bingo. There's a mega bingo. Do you reckon there's an Arndale in um, Basel? I'm going to go searching for one tonight. That's going to be my, my task. So I'm going to go back into town. And uh, see you, David. See you, buddy. And um, in fact, I'm going to go and try and speak to Marcus Rojo. <laughs> Don't know how that's going to go. I'm not going to put him on here even if I do because he doesn't speak English. Just need to find the mix home. So, disappointing night. Um, We'll do the next podcast from uh, Brighton. I'm going to catch a train up the Rhine to Cologne Arsenal Thursday. I've got a West Ham Leicester on Friday. And then I've got the Brighton game on Saturday. And then I'm going to see my wife and children. And I miss them greatly. I really do. On um, on, on Sunday, if I survive, the uh, freezing night in Barton. It's not that cold, actually. It's about four degrees, but it's not freezing right now. Um going to upload this and I hope that you've all enjoyed listening to it and to the people who we've had on this podcast until Saturday goodbye it's the play for the Reds since he went away keeping out the goals was tough so tough David was a goalie in Spain Fergie came along said won't you play for us he said you gotta hold on to every shot You're gonna have to keep out every hammer and cross You're not be beating from the penalty spot So come on, you win!